eternal, righteous, and invisible Father in heaven. Blessed be thy holy name, O Lord, for giving us this privilege to be among the living today. We are grateful for it. We ask, Lord, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and that you would make us instruments by which your will will be done on this earth. Therefore, Lord, we ask, grant to us the gift of your Holy Spirit, and give us power to live as sons of God on this earth. We pray, Father, that as we go through the words of our devotion for today, that these words shall be spirit and life unto us. I have nothing to say to anyone that will be a blessing to them, but I pray, Lord, please put your words in my mouth, that through your words we all shall be blessed. We pray, Father, that you also grant to me of your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for hearing, and thank you for answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage March 18 God's University For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19 in their efforts to qualify themselves to be co-laborers with God, men frequently place themselves in such positions as will completely disqualify them for the molding and fashioning which the Lord desires to give them. Thus, they are not found bearing, as did Moses, the divine similitude. By submitting to God's discipline, Moses became a sanctified channel through which the Lord could work. He did not hesitate to change his way for the Lord's way, even though it did lead in strange paths in untried ways. It was not the teachings of the schools of Egypt that enabled Moses to triumph over all his enemies, but an ever-abiding faith an unflinching faith, a faith that did not fail under the most trying circumstances. Moses acted as seemed invisible. God is not seeking for men of perfect education. The Lord wants men to appreciate the privilege of being laborers together with God, men who will honor him by rendering implicit obedience to his requirements regardless of previously inculcated theories. Many who are seeking efficiency for the exalted work of God by perfecting their education in the schools of men will find that they have failed of learning the more important lessons which the Lord would teach them. By neglecting to submit themselves to the impressions of the Holy Spirit, by not living in obedience to all God's requirements, their spiritual efficiency has become weakened. By absenting themselves from the school of Christ, they have forgotten the sound of the voice of the teacher, and he cannot direct their course. 
men may acquire all the knowledge possible to be imparted by the human teacher. But there is still greater wisdom required of them by God. Like Moses, they must learn meekness, lowliness of heart, and distrust of self. Our Savior himself, bearing the test for humanity, acknowledged that of himself he could do nothing. We must also learn that there is no strength in humanity alone. Man becomes efficient only by becoming a partaker of the divine nature. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is God's University. And our key text is taken from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19. But I will want to read from verse 18 to 21. It says, Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Here, the wisdom being referred to is simply the educational system of this world. That is what the Bible is referring to. That if you think you are educated, and because of that, then you can do service for God, then it's better you become a fool. Because many think that the education of the world is what qualifies them to do service for God. That's why in the first paragraph of our devotion we read, in their efforts to qualify themselves to be co-laborers with God, men frequently place themselves in such positions as will completely disqualify them for the molding and fashioning which the Lord desires to give them. And also towards the end of the devotion, we saw something there that said, many who are seeking efficiency for the exalted work of god by perfecting their education in the schools of men take note so i want to work for god and then i go to the schools of the world and think that my bsc my phd and masters is what is qualifying me for service for god that you will find that they have failed of learning the more important lessons which the lord will teach them what are these lessons don't they teach it in the schools? What's going on in the universities? I thought the meaning of university is a place where you can learn everything. So therefore, it is supposed to be that when you go to the universities, based on what they say, that you will learn everything there. That you're supposed to qualify yourself for learning the important lessons which would, the Lord will have you learn. But that's not the case. Why? By neglecting to submit themselves to the impressions of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So what do we mean? What does this mean? That means if you must be qualified to be efficient in working for God, you must submit to the Holy Spirit. That's one. And secondly, by not living in obedience to all, not some now, all God's requirements, their spiritual efficiency has become weakened. With that, we need to ask ourselves. So, what is it about the universities? that or let me just say basically worldly education that disqualifies us from walking or doing service for god and what is god's own university about what is it that god wants to teach us that we cannot learn in the educational system of the world that doesn't qualify us rather we even read that 
the educational system disqualifies us. We are looking at the life of Moses. Like we saw yesterday, Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. He was highly educated. The Bible says he was a man that was mighty in words and indeed, simply put, this man was a poet. He was a writer. He is the one that wrote the book of Genesis down to Deuteronomy. He wrote that history and he, he, was, he knew history, he knew poetry, he was a general of armies. So this man was highly, highly educated. But yet, he was not ready at age 40 to work for God. God showed him the folly of his ways because he was trained in the schools of Egypt, thinking himself qualified. God showed him, you are not qualified to work for me. For the main lessons that you need to do service for me, you do not have them because it is not found in the four walls of the school. You must enter, enroll into God's own university in order for you to be qualified for service for God. So we saw yesterday how, first of all, the methods used in the world does not work. We've seen some of the world's methods of doing service such as the use of cancel culture, shaming. They want to use this to bring about a change in people's lives or to push their narrative. And then sometimes they even go as far as using protesting, rioting, theatrical performances, restricting free speech, deplatforming, and even the science falsely so-called entertainment, sports. Then sometimes even when it comes to the church, we see how people are trying to use the same worldly methods to serve God. And one way again in which this is done is by converting worldly songs to godly, so-called godly songs. So because of the love of the world, educated in the world, they take those worldly songs, the same tunes, but remove the words and insert so-called good words to praise God in it. These are ways that God rejects. It's not God's way. God's way, as we saw, is the power of God. The foolishness of preaching is what the Lord has ordained as a means to do service, for us to do service for Him. Like I said earlier, universities are places where people go to learn all about, I mean, about everything but one thing, the knowledge of God, which, for lack of it, this world is in peril. So in order to understand the qualification that we need, to do service for God. We need to first of all understand what kind of service the Lord wants us to do. God is trying to solve man's problem. What is man's greatest problem? Many of us will say, and this is what they teach in the school, take note. In the schools they'll tell you, man's problem is oh, war, hatred, sickness, death, poverty, bloodshed, murder. That these are the problems people need to eat and they need to find a way to alleviate poverty. We need to have a more convenient life. We need peace. That man's problem is a lack of peace and hunger and there's poverty and some places they are uncivilized. They need social amenities. That's what they'll tell you that the, man, that the world's problem is. But the question that the universities won't ask you, that the world won't ask you, is what is it that caused all this evil in the first place? It is sin. Will they teach you that in the universities? Will they tell you, oh, man's problem is sin? Do they even believe that there's something called sin? The reason for all the troubles we face today is sin. Greed and covetousness. All this may lead to teach cheating, war, hatred, etc. 
Loneliness is another problem. Man has lost the image of God and that is what has led us to the present state of events. The schools of the world themselves are the places where these characters are learned. The problem with man is character. It's a character issue. Why is there poverty? Why is there war? Why is there bloodshed? Is it not because the character of man is debased? Is corrupt? Is it not because of greed that people steal? How do you address greed? Do they teach that in the universities on how to deal with greed? Why is it that we have bloodshed? Is it not because some people are just, uh, they, they lack the gentility of God, the spirit of God is not in them? What is it that makes man to go around spreading diseases? Is it not because of a, a lack of care for their fellow human beings? I mean, people do that. They do go around spreading diseases, creating them and spreading them. The problem with man is not like they say, poverty and the rest of these things. The problem is sin itself. The sickness came from somewhere. Sin is the problem. But because the school does not trace from cause to effect, they want to put God out of the picture. Because you bring God into the picture, then you talk about sin and righteousness. But the schools won't tell you about sin and righteousness. They were not instituted for the purposes of for the purpose of solving the sin problem. They even deny that there is a sin problem. Through the various activities done there, they even foster sin by precept and example. Just look at around you and you'll see what I'm talking about. The dress and school uniforms are so designed to educate in lust and immorality. You see how the sportswear, even for the but just look at the sportswear people wear. I mean, especially look at the ladies in their sportswear. There are things that even some prostitutes will not wear. Skimpy looking dresses, almost naked. These things encourage lust in those who see and wear them. Is this not a cause of a problem? When you do all that and then it arouses passions in other people. And then you say, oh, we have a problem. But we, the schools themselves are fostering it. The whole system of grading, that's another one, giving positions, is a system instituted to educate the child in rivalry and competition, for nothing promotes selfishness, envy, jealousy than this, in, than this uh, system of grading and positioning in schools. Then there is the brutality and violence learned through the pugilistic games like all the boxing and wrestling and judo, all these things teach violence too. The Halloween, cultural day, so-called Easter and Christmas celebrations are part of the child's first lessons in idolatry. The prom, graduation ceremonies and end-of-session parties, along with the numerous holidays and the parties done on these days, are avenues for, for educating the child in the love of pleasure, the love of ease, the lust of the eyes, and the numerous feastings of all kinds of foods educate the child in gluttony and the lust of the flesh then there's that i mentioned earlier cultural day world book day some may not even know this world book day how are these things done what do they really do on these days they tell you oh we're doing cultural day we're doing world book day last week or was it last two weeks was just the time when the world book day was done now look at the children how were they what were they celebrating really what were they dressed in what were they celebrating they were celebrating their heroes but who were their heroes the heroes of the world. We don't see any child emulating or celebrating people like Dorcas and Peter and Jesus, Daniel, John, Joseph on these days. 
that's not what is promoted in the World Book Day. It is the icons of worldliness and those who promote evil. It is Spider-Man, Batman, Iron Man, Superman, Cinderella and all the other princesses in the fairy tales that are promoted along with their principles which they represent. And what do these people represent, all these icons? What do they represent? They represent the principle of violence, lust, killing, seduction and immorality. Are not Spider-Man, Batman and Superman murderers and violent people? They not in almost every episode and movie sow the seed of immorality with their complicated romantic and sexual relationships with women? Yet these are the heroes of the children. Be sure that the children will always want to emulate the people who they view as their heroes. Even their school bag says it all. You see all the pictures of these their heroes on their school bags. They want to be like them. I know of two little boys who after watching the Spider-Man movie went to look for spiders all over the place and pressed the spiders on their chest so that they can change to Spider-Man. Do you think these things are not affecting the children? They want their own Mary Jane. They all want their own, they, are, they see themselves as, as Clark Kent and they want their own Lois Lane. That's what they are doing. And now they are educated in that romantic behavior, also educated in violence. I know of another little boy, after watching all these movies, he just, he just wants to fight everybody. As you are greeting him, his greeting is violence. A very young boy, where did he learn it from? He learned it from these same movies that they watch and it is all celebrated in the schools and that's what they are thought. These things are not harmless as people think. They are very harmful. Yet the world boasts about civilization they have been able to, that they have been able to achieve through the so-called education. Like a certain man said, every monument of civilization is also a monument of barbarism. What did the schools teach the slave owners and the colonial masters who stole money from other nations to build their so-called monuments of civilization? It taught them to use force and brutality, theft and the worst kind of cruelty, deception, lies, murder and greed to bring about the so-called civilization that we see in the so-called developed countries. Did the schools teach them mercy, justice, love, selflessness, thoughtfulness, self-sacrifice and humility? Principles for lack of which the world is perishing today? It didn't teach them these lessons. They were only practicing what they were taught by precept and example. They did not learn this from Christ. There are people who want to blame Christianity for colonization and slave ownership. It is not Christianity that taught the people to do that. It was not at all. It is their education which was devoid of Christ. The lack of Christianity in their lives was what made them to do those things. It is the worldly education that educated that made these men to come, go to other countries all over in Asia, in Africa. And what did they do? They practiced all kinds of terrible brutality, terrible cruelty on people. Where was the education to stop them from doing that? It couldn't. But the only thing that liberated people was the word of God, that true education, when it came into certain people's lives, they would not do something like that. They wouldn't do it. But no one should blame God because these people were using God as a camouflage. Not that they really learned from the word of God to do what they were doing. Instead, they were throwing contempt on the word of God by claiming that it was 
they were Christians, yet doing such nonsense. They were not Christians by any means. They did not learn that from Christ. It is the worldly education which they got from the schools of the world that infiltrated them, that brought greed into them, that made them to lose all sense of love and compassion and sympathy that they would parade their fellow human beings and sell as slaves and treat them like the brute beast even worse than them because they even feed their animals but they wouldn't feed the slaves they had just use them as beasts of burdens oh terrible cruelty but where was it learned is my question could they do service for God no they couldn't it was this same kind of education that Moses received that made him kill an Egyptian and it is the same kind of education that the world received that made them kill and own slaves. The world education has not helped by any means. Civilization that people are celebrating today that came through the worldly education, what has been the root of it? Like I said, there was a lot of theft to bring about what we call civilization in the developed countries. What all their monuments of civilization was came from stealing trillions and millions of, of dollars from on pounds from countries like India and the, the, the other African countries. That was what it was, and that's why they they are all monuments of barbarism, like someone else would say. They did not learn this from Christ. Civilization has not solved the sickness, the death, the murder, war, and all the cruelty that is going on in our world. With the technological advancements in the world has been followed with advancement in sin. The world's education is simply flawed and is not for the purpose of delivering man from Egypt from sin. It educates many to have bad characters. True, there's a whole lot of things taught in the sciences and arts that help in technological advancement. There's no debate to that. We all appreciate the conveniences and comforts that these are to our lives and even I encourage that these should be done more more can and should be done in this direction because it helps man but we should be sure that it is done in a helpful way so um, what, what we're talking about here is not the scientific advancement and all those are good things they are good healthcare and all of that but they should all be done in a helpful way like I've said and even all the technology we have today they are good but the problem, like I was saying, is it solving man's root problem? It doesn't mean we should discard them. Don't take note of that. I'm not saying these things should be discarded. No. But what I'm saying is the true knowledge that we need, we don't have them. It's not giving it to us. That's what we're saying. The school is not giving it to us. And like I said, for me, I was taught that engineering, for example, is the process of bringing raw materials to finished goods in the most economical way but one thing they won't tell you is that it should be in the most healthful way a technology that kills you is no advancement but none of these technologies has been able to solve the problem of death war hunger poverty sickness envy jealousy hatred which are the foundation of the world's problem and how about the precepts in the school some of the lessons taught are misleading the stories used for comprehension passages, the literature books, though may not contain evil all true, for Satan never promised that, but it contains seeds of good and evil as he promised Eve. They contain fairy tales which is just a modern or civilized way of saying superstition or hidden beliefs where hidden teachings are fostered and they gain knowledge of every god except the one true god. They know Zeus, Hercules, they know Songo, they know all the African gods but the one true God 
they don't know. They know all the gods of the land and these things are fascinatingly presented to the children. But the true God is not taught. Rather, it is taught in the biology and geography as a, as a myth. No other God is discredited except the God of the scriptures. Is this not Satan's plan? Is not this as Satan would have it? Is this the kind of knowledge we can use to render service to God? I once met a well-meaning and intelligent Christian scientist like myself who had had a discussion with another maybe scientist. The question was, the person asked him a question, if the earth was made in six days, how do you explain the fact that rocks are billions of years old? And this Christian scientist could not answer the question. Now, because of this, he began to believe that the six days creation was actually six days arrangement. He now believed that the earth was created long before Genesis chapter 1. That all God came to do was to arrange the earth. You see that? First of all, he has been deceived into believing that rocks are actually billions of years old through what they call carbon dating. Whereas carbon dating is a, one of the epitomes of science falsely so-called. They teach these things in the schools as though they actually work. Whereas carbon dating is a fat lie. Nothing like that. It doesn't work. It just bases itself on assumption of half-life and this and that. But it is taught in the schools as if it is gospel truth. That carbon dating does work. A rock has been brought to people. This rock was just formed. And it was sent to labs to go and test how old it is. This rock was just a few months or few days old. And what did carbon dating say? Billions of years old. Another one was done. Numerous times it has been done. You see something that was just formed now. The age of this thing is just in days. And then the carbon dating will do it and it will give you millions of years. But because the young man believed in carbon dating, he wasn't taught to believe it. It now affected his belief in God. And he started thinking, oh, the earth was not made in six days. That God only came to arrange it. The Bible tells us, Genesis Chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, not God arranged the heavens and the earth. And in Exodus 20 verse 8 to 11, in the midst of it we are told, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and all that in them is. They did not arrange, he made it. Everything that is in the heavens and the earth, and the earth is contained in that heavens, and then everything inside this our own earth, everything was made in six days. But because of science falsely so-called, people are beginning to go in another direction. Evolution, history that is a distortion of facts, the art of propaganda, and principles of leadership that is taught in the schools where one is taught to use low principles like shaming. I've gone through this education before and you are told when you want to bring change in an organization that when people are not open to change that you can use methods like shaming them and uh, trying to make them feel bad for the things they do and cancelling them. They, they teach these things as methods to be used to bring about change. Making people not to collaborate but to compete. It is just the knowledge of good and evil as Eve got when she ate that fruit. So what is the point in this kind of education? Genius and talent with enhanced technology is only a means of increasing evil that we already face. No wonder Martin Luther said, I am much afraid that the universities will prove to be the great gates of hell. And then he continued and said, unless they diligently labor in explaining the holy scriptures. And engraving them in the hearts of the youth. I advise no one to place his child where the scriptures do not reign paramount. 
every institution in which men are not unceasingly occupied with the word of God must become corrupt. End of quote. That's from Great Controversy, page 140, paragraph 5. It is important to note that what I am seeing here is not that everything in the schools are to be discarded. When Satan promised Eve bliss when she ate that fruit, what did he tell her? He told her, you will know good and evil. And that is exactly what the educational system of the world is about. It's about good and evil. And that's when you take someone, people like humans who are already prone to evil, and you are teaching them both the good and evil, like in the things I have just listed, subtly teaching them how to be competitive, how to have rivalry, and the children learn these things, subtly teaching them how to steal, subtly teaching them how to prepare themselves to be people who go to the clubs, who are party goers. Why? Because in every school they do parties for them. You are already educating them in those things by practice, not even just by precept teaching them by practice how to do this subtly educating them in harlotry and one will see how is the school doing that i've said it they do it through that those their proms and the rest encouraging all these relationships and even the dress alone encourages lust in the heart of the wearer and the beholder the way they are even dressed these days oh wow it's just like every other prostitute to say and my words i'm not saying for every school you see those dresses all their sportswear that make them like all these um what do you call them now those cheerleaders those cheerleaders in in the sports and now that's how the ladies dress for sports cheerleaders and even in the sports itself what kind of dress do they wear look at the athletes what do they wear they just wear they're naked they're just naked the athletes they're just they're just naked and they're doing their sports what is he educating them in? It is the same immorality. So-called, they say they are trying to solve the problem, but they are creating the problem themselves. But when it comes to the scientific advancement, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. It should be encouraged. There's nothing wrong with the scientific advancement and the technology. But there's something wrong with the wrong teachings and principles, for example, that teaches all this evolution, which cannot even be proven because that is not science. So in God's university, what is it that will qualify us to work for God. We have said that man's problem is sin and that is the problem God is trying to solve to help us in this in this world. Since man sinned, God's purpose has to solve the sin problem has been to solve the sin problem. The sin needs to be paid for and also there must be a transformation of the character of man. Man cannot pay the wages of sin. Therefore God already planned to send his son and he has already done that and the wages of sin has been paid for for those who believe. For everybody anyway, but only those who believe will take the advantage he must receive power nevertheless after christ has died he also wants to give us power power so that we do not continue in our sin this is the purpose of education and redemption i cannot put it any better than how it is written in the book titled education written by ellen white which says through sin that's education page 15 paragraph 2 through sin the divine likeness was marred and well nigh obliterated man's physical powers were weakened his mental capacity was lessened, his spiritual vision deemed. He had become subject to death. Yet, the race was not left without hope. By infinite love and mercy, the plan of salvation had been devised, and a life of probation was granted. To restore man in the image of his Maker, to bring him back to the perfection in which he was created, to promote the development of body, mind, and soul, that the divine purpose in his creation might be realized. This was to be the work of redemption. This is the object of education, the great object of life." End of quote. So that's from Education, page 15, paragraph 2. 
So if God had a university, what do you think will be taught there? It is only that which God sees will be a solution to man's problem. And what do we identify the problem as? Man has lost the image of God through sin. And unless sin is removed, man will still be in a state where he is subject to death. Like I said, the world's education hasn't given us a solution to the diseases and death that the world has been facing. With all the technological advancements and civilization, what has been happening? Death has been on the increase. War has been on the increase. Poverty and also hunger has been on the increase. They claim, oh, we have advancements in technology and civilization. But what kind of civilization is that that increases poverty, that increases hunger? There's inflation presently as we speak. Things are getting more expensive, yet we see we are getting more civilized. The education of this world has failed. Why? Because they are trying to solve the wrong problem. They're not going from cause to effect because God has been removed from the schools. By removing God away, the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, reading from verse 19, it says, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God had showed it unto them. Take note, knowing God, they know they are supposed to know it, but God has showed it to us, but they discard it. For verse 20 says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They became fools. And this is the problem with the world. In taking God out of the picture, they become foolish. If God had a university, it is only that which will solve our problem that he will teach us. And what is the solution? The solution to man's problem is found in that thing which they reject, a knowledge of God. And that is why God says in Jeremiah 9 verse 23 and 24, Thus said the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. The knowledge of God is what man needs. We do not have life. And where do we get life? Jesus himself said these solemn words in John 17 verse 3. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. That is life, the life that man does not have. So many schemes have been brought up to alleviate poverty. They call them by all kinds of fanciful names, yet the poverty is on the rise. Poverty is on the increase. Why? Because the knowledge of God is not in the land. Hosea chapter 4, reading from verse 1, says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord had a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, that's of the earth. Because there is no truth, nor knowledge, nor knowledge of God in the land. Then what does it lead to? By swearing, and lying, and killing, and stealing, and committing adultery, they break out, and blood toucheth blood. Therefore shall the land mourn. And every one that dwelleth therein shall languish with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of the heavens. Yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. 
what is the problem the lack of a knowledge of god that is the problem when the knowledge of god is not in the land that is where we see all the war and bloodshed that is taking place over there in yemen in ukraine over there in in syria and all the little wars that are taking place in other nations the knowledge of god is not in the land and god is looking at man in his foolishness thinking he's wise has removed god out of the picture but what has it helped him with how has he helped us in removing god out of the picture and fostering liberality and sin in the schools of today today the world has gotten so liberal and they think they are wise accepting everything and anything the bible condemns now they are teaching in the schools about gender fluidity how foolish has man become now they don't know who is man and who is woman anymore you see how degraded we have become how much we have we cannot understand basic things anymore things that are clear even that's supposed to be clear scientifically something that even a little child should be able to identify that this person is different from this and we see man and we see woman and they are different now what is going on in the so-called wisdom of the world the top people of the world who claim to be the wise ones with their phds and all their uh, achievements they are the ones promoting this where is the wisdom of this world it is foolishness indeed can you not see it that the wisdom of this world is foolishness with all their globalism look at the amount of things they're accepting these days all kinds of foolishness that's what is going on but where did this start from it started from rejecting god reading from the book ministry of healing page 409 paragraph 2 it says our knowledge of god is the foundation of all true education and of all true service it is the only real safeguard against temptation it is this alone that can make us like god in character this is the knowledge needed by all who are working for the uplifting of their fellow men transformation of character purity of life efficiency in service adherence to correct principles all depend upon a right knowledge of god this knowledge is the essential preparation both for this life and for the life to come the knowledge of the holy is understanding that is proverbs 9 verse 10 true and knowledge of him are given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness second peter 1 verse 3 this is life eternal said jesus that they might know thee the only true god and jesus christ whom thou hast sent john 17 verse 3 and then we read on it says we need to study the revelations of god himself that are that god has given acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace thereby good shall come unto thee receive i pray thee the law from his mouth and lay up his words in thy heart and the almighty will be thy treasure then shalt thou delight thyself in the almighty and shall lift up thy face unto god thou shalt make thy prayer unto him and he will hear thee and thou shalt pay thy vows thou shalt also decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and light shall shine upon thy ways when they cast thee down thou shalt see there is lifting up and a humble person he will save that's job 22 verse 21 to 29 the invisible things of him since the creation of the world are clearly seen being perceived through the things that are made even his everlasting power and divinity romans 1 verse 20 end of quote so here we see like I was, I've been saying, the knowledge of God is what we need. That is true 
education because it's only that that can restore us to the image of God which we lost. Only that can take away sin from the life. We'll talk more about what this knowledge of God is in subsequent devotions. But this is the knowledge that Moses did not have. This is the knowledge that God intended to teach him. This is the knowledge that he submitted himself to and substituted for the knowledge gained in Egypt. As we read in our devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 83, paragraph 3, says, It was not the teachings of the schools of Egypt that enabled Moses to triumph over all his enemies, but an ever-abiding faith, an unflinching faith, a faith that did not fail under the most trying circumstances. Moses acted as seeing the invincible. Question. Does the schools of the land teach us faith? No, and this was what Moses needed. This was what he this was what enabled him to triumph over all his enemies. How did he triumph over Pharaoh? Was it the education from the world that helped him? No, it wasn't. It was faith. And that is what we need to learn. We need to be educated to learn faith. And this is how we can do service for God. It's not by killing. It's not by rioting. It's not by fighting. It's not by technological advancements. Neither is it by learning all the history of this world and all the arts and sciences. No, it is not by learning all the the teachings on how to be a leader, this and that. No, it is by faith. What did we read? By faith, he forsook Egypt. Hebrews 11, reading from verse 25-26. By faith, he, that's Moses, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. It was not by education. It was not by scientific advancements. It was not by civilization. Go and read the whole of Hebrews 11 and see all those who did service for God. They did not go to the schools of the world to learn how to do service for God. They learned how to exercise faith. And we today have our work to do in our time and what will qualify us. It is still the same thing as we have seen in book of Revelation, chapter 14, verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. You see it there again? Faith. It is by faith that we will do service for God today. And we must learn this faith. And it is not taught in the four walls of the schools. As people who also are by faith falling in line with a prophecy that tells us that God is developing a people who will keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus, this knowledge of God is what we need. This is the true education. And when we are receiving it, we are in God's university. Ministry of Healing, page 443, paragraph 1 and 2 says, the Savior came to preach the gospel to the poor, Luke 4 verse 18. In his teaching, he used the simplest terms and the plainest symbols. And it is said that the common people heard him gladly, Mark 12 verse 37. Those who are seeking to do his work for this time, today, need a deeper insight into the lessons he has given. The words of the living God are the highest of all education. Do you know that? The words of the living God are the highest of all education. Those who minister to the people need to eat of the bread of life. This will give them spiritual strength. Then they will be prepared to minister to all classes of people. End of quote. Brothers and sisters, in this quote I just read now, it summarizes what we need to serve God and what we will learn in God's university. 
it is that knowledge of god that gives us spiritual strength remember what we read in the last paragraph of our, devo- of our devotion that says many who are seeking efficiency for the exalted work of god by perfecting their education in the schools of men will find that they have failed of learning the more important lessons which the lord will teach them by neglecting to submit themselves to the impressions of the holy spirit by not living by not living in obedience to all god's requirements their spiritual efficiency has become weakened by absenting themselves from the school of christ they have forgotten the sound of the voice of the teacher and he cannot direct their course end of quote and what is the solution it's the opposite of this like we just saw now those who minister to the people need to eat the bread of life this will give them spiritual strength by submitting to all of god's requirements that is where you get your spiritual strength that you will be prepared to minister and do service for god and to all classes of people this is what moses did not have and god wanted to teach him this so that he can be qualified for service we have a work to do today to train our children to be those people who the lord is waiting for that he would say here are those that keep the commandments of god and have the faith of jesus and we also need to train not just our children but ourselves too because the lord wants to say of us we are those who keep the commandments of god and have the faith of jesus so what education do we need for this a knowledge of god that is the highest education that anyone can get it is the education that we need for this time and i pray that the lord will help us to get this education that we may be qualified ministers for him as moses also got it let us pray dear father in heaven thank you lord for the lessons you have taught us from your word today lord these things may be startling truths to many we are glued to the things of this world to the educational system especially it is looked at as as an innocent thing many don't understand that through this system the sin is being fostered it is also frustrating the work that the lord is trying to do in the hearts of men and the various things done in them too have educated us wrongly and we need to unlearn the things we have learned Lord, please, may your spirit touch the hearts of all those who are listening, that what has been said will be properly understood and not wrested out of its true meaning. Please, for the sake of the souls of your children whom Jesus died for, may all heavenly blessings and divine power be given to all who are listening, that they will properly understand what has been said and be able to put into practice these things and gain that knowledge of God that is the most essential of all knowledge and of the true education that we need that we may be a solution to the world's problem and not part of the problem itself. Help us Lord to be divested of all the evil things we have learned in Egypt like Moses also learned in Egypt and help us Lord to inculcate in ourselves a knowledge of God that we also may be instruments by which your will will be done on this earth. Do this and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.